today is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people trying to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damned who went. Taking your right to self defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn in the guns. Always ask for more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I gotta be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damned who went. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tap Into The Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you, as always, I am your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Roan County, Tennessee, and so very glad to have you along for the ride. Thank you so very much. Whether you're listening on WCET in Columbia, South Carolina, or on the last frequency or over on the Vera network, it uh, doesn't really matter. Uh, maybe you're listening to the show on the regular over at the K-Star Talk radio network. Maybe you listen to the broadcast, the Friday Night Live show, uh, part of the ZMA radio network as well. All these places, perfectly, perfectly fine choices. They are. Partially because these are ways to listen to the show. Uh, whether you're listening to the podcast after the fact. Regardless, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Got a lot of stuff going on, of course. This week looks like it's going to be an unusually busy news week. We've got major push towards whether or not there's going to be an indictment against Hunter Biden in regards to tax issues, and still possibly, certainly should be, uh, issues with 
gun law violations. I mean, never mind the fact that he lied on his application for the permit, uh, because, you know, he did not admit to his drug use. But the fact that a firearm that he did purchase managed to be thrown in a garbage can a few hundred yards away from a school, no less. Yeah. And was gone by the time somebody went back and went looking for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hunter's just, he's the smartest guy that uh, Joe knows. And uh, if you ask him about how Hunter affects his presidency, Joe will tell you that he affects his presidency by making him feel proud. How do I know this? Because this is a thing that he said. So we'll see how that goes. We've got uh, Title 42 about to expire, and we have an invasion on our southern border already taking place, and it looks like they're uh, mounting up and, and getting prepared to move forward and uh, make a record-breaking level of impairment as they look to just bum-rush our border. Uh, so much so that we do have some of the more directly affected cities trying to clean up the illegal migrant presence that are just on the city streets in a lot of these places. Uh, and, you know, it's still a case of too little too late. Uh, we've got movements from Marco Rubio looking to try to to put some level of restrictions on SNAP, which, of course, for those of you who are not familiar with the current term, uh, better known to most of you as food stamps, uh, trying to eliminate the possibility of buying sugary sweets and uh, sodas and other generally deemed to be unhealthy food choices, just you know, if you're going to have food stamps, you can only buy healthy stuff. I uh, kind of got mixed feelings on that. Because on the one hand, it makes sense. And if you're going to rely on government-funded, uh, well, taxpayer-funded government programs to buy your groceries, then you should be willing to accept whatever restrictions are put in place. But at the same time, I do think people have the right to make their own choices. I guess that number one choice probably ought to be uh, find a way not to be on food stamps. Yeah, if that's your problem. It's not going to keep people from buying the sugary items if that's what they want to do. It just means they'll get creative with how they get it. That's all. Also, today, in case you didn't realize it, at time of the live broadcast of the show taking place on uh, May 9th, 2023, that being a Tuesday. I would imagine some of you will be listening to the rebroadcast, and some of you will be listening to the podcast at a later date. So just making sure you're aware. But um, as of today, it being Tuesday, Tucker Carlson made a major announcement talking about how he's going to be launching his brand new show and uh, evidently it will be hosted on Twitter. Uh, Carson's announcement uh, came, of course, after reports surfaced yesterday. Well, actually, uh, the reports surfaced over the weekend, but on Monday, uh, most people first discovered it. Uh, these reports surfaced that 
Tucker had actually been in talks with uh, Elon Musk and about potentially working together on this new project. Uh, Tucker, of course, made the announcement in a video that was posted on Twitter where he mentioned that there were not many free speech platforms left in the world. Now, I would kind of point out to Tucker that Rumble is a free speech platform and would have probably played in very well for what he's looking to do. But that's just me throwing that out there. Anyway, this is what Tucker said. There's not very many free speech platforms left in the world. That much is true. Uh, quoting now, he said, The last big one remaining in the world, the only one, is Twitter. Where we are now. Twitter has long served as a place where our national conversations incubates and develops. Twitter is not a partisan site. Everybody's allowed here, and we think that's a good thing. I'm sorry, Decker, I gotta stop you right now. Until Elon bought the company, that's a very not true statement. I mean, as far as the everyone's welcome there bit, because technically they would allow conservatives, but if you actually were adamant about spreading conservative talking points, uh, spreading conservative ideology, you know, basically espousing the general principles, uh, you would be ratioed, if not flat out, banned. The bannings did take place. Now, granted, and, and thankfully, since Elon took over, that's really not the case anymore. But the big news, of course, is the fact that it is official. Tucker is moving forward with a new show, and he intends to be in operation. And uh, he also intends to be suing Fox News for breach of contract. He's going to have to do that if he's going to launch the new show anytime soon, because one of the details that we've recently discovered is that Tucker's contract with Fox was not set to expire until January of 2025. So, if he's going to do anything, he is going to have to have a court officially release him from his obligations to that contract, since he seems to believe, and I have to kind of admit, I think he's probably 100% right on this, Fox is in breach of the contract. I believe Tucker wins that case. Uh, he's going to have to end up in one heck of a situation not to, quite honestly. And when I say one heck of a situation, I'm talking about being put in front of a judge that is super lefty and hates Tucker and wants to keep him silenced until after the next election cycle, along with uh, a jury that feels the same way. Certainly not like that couldn't happen, right? All right, another big uh, piece of breaking news today uh, we'll get into right after our first message from one of today's sponsors. Uh, first one, of course, coming from Four Patriots. See, here's a shocking true story about our crumbling electrical grid. A, supply, a surprise blackout. Surprise for the customers, 
of the particular electric company in question. And let's be fair, some people think that these stories are just made up. I've heard people make this assertion. So try this on for size. A Northern California man who was dependent on oxygen supply died shortly after power was cut off by Pacific Gas and Electric Company. Okay. Robert, it's the only name that we're using in the story, but given that I just told you that PG&E was responsible and that the story, if you were so inclined, actually occurred back in October of 2019. All right, so that's where the actual story comes from. So you can look up Robert's last name if you are industrious enough and care to. Okay, that's all I'm saying. But the power company, in this case, ordered a blackout. Took the customers completely by surprise. What happens led to the death of Robert, a 67-year-old man whose family was left heartbroken, angry, confused, all of the emotions that one could reasonably understand because of what actually happened. You see, some old power lines were at risk of getting knocked over during a high winds event. So the power company in question killed the power to 700,000 homes just in case. Robert happened to be asleep at the time. He was using his oxygen machine. He needed it to help him breathe. After about 12 minutes with no power, Robert was no longer with us here in the land of the living. The saddest part of the story, the whole thing is sad, but the saddest part is Robert's tragedy didn't have to happen at all, and that's because there is a new generation of portable, safe, silent, and 100% fume-free backup power generators. Naturally, we're talking about the Patriot Power Generator from 4Patriots. It's silent. It's a solar generator that doesn't use gas, therefore no risk of carbon monoxide poisoning, and it also means that uh, with no risk of uh, carbon monoxide, you can bring the whole setup inside if you want to. It's powerful enough to keep those medical devices running. Uh, you can even run it uh, your refrigerator using it. Right now, you can go over to 4Patriots.com and use code TAP, T-A-P-P, to get 10% off your first purchase of literally anything in the store, including the Patriot Power Generator. Just go to the number 4, patriots.com, and use code TAP, T-A-P-P, to get 10% off. Go get yours today. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. You really shouldn't. Just, just go check it out. And like I said, it's good. The code is good for anything at 4patriots.com. Anything. Don't want the uh, power generator? Okay. Uh, we'll find yourself something different. Uh, order some of their uh, survival food kits. Uh, get some of their water filtration. Get some of their uh, their 
heirloom gardening. I mean, there's so many really cool things. One of the newer things they've got going on over there right now is their freeze dryer. Want to make your own survival food kits? Well, that's a good way to do it. Uh, just a lot of things over there. Save 10% on anything using code TAPP, T-A-P-P. And uh, beyond that, guess what else? They have payment plans for some of the more expensive items. So if you can't afford to buy it outright, and I'm not suggesting that you should, all I'm saying is you really shouldn't be caught without backup power. That's all I'm saying. All right, so that other big story that I was teasing before I told you a little bit about how you can avoid a tragedy similar to Robert's was the other big news story that broke today as of Tuesday. That, of course, being that a federal jury in New York found that former President Donald John Trump committed battery against E. Jean Carroll the 79-year-old former columnist and later defamed her while denying her claim that he raped her in a department store dressing room in the 1990s. Now, I get that Trump did use some language because he, he said a lot of things in trying to downplay even the possibility that he would have been attracted to her enough for this event to happen. You know, he did. He said some things that I think fit the bill of being defaming. He, he kind of did. Now, he was provoked into doing it by the claim that he had raped her, though, and I think that should be taken into account. They did say he was liable for battery. Okay, so they seem to think that it didn't reach the level of assault, but it did reach the legal definition of battery. A lot of you may be questioning, what's the difference? Well, technically, there is a legal distinction, which is why uh, you are often charged with assault and battery if that's what happens. You can be battered without having been assaulted. And that is important for the remainder of the distinction of this particular civil trial because the jury in this case did reject Carol's claims that Trump had raped her. The former president was ordered to pay a total of $5 million to Carol, $2 million for battery, and three for defamation. Defamation that's good for $3 million? Well, it is if you're suing Donald John Trump in New York. So the jury of six men and three women deliberated for a little over two and a half hours before returning a unanimous verdict. You know, it's never good for the defendant if the jury's not out for very long. And that's especially true in criminal cases. But this uh, civil suit is a very different animal. The fact that two and a half hours of deliberation was all they took makes me think they were probably milking that. This was a, a New York court, a New York jury, 
they probably had decided on guilty within the first five minutes. Why? Not because of any of the evidence that was offered, but because they're from New York, and that's Donald Trump. I know, here I am. I'm defaming them. Uh, no, no, I'm not. I'm just making the observation that a jury put together in the city of New York could very easily be so anti-Trump that they wouldn't care what evidence was offered. Anyway, Carol had claimed that Trump asked her for help selecting a gift for a female friend after he encountered her inside uh, a particular department store back in the mid-1990s. She told the jury that he eventually followed her into a dressing room after he asked her to try some clothes on and that he then raped her. Now, we've all heard this part of the story. Carol claimed that the event impacted the rest of her life, which is, of course, why she stayed so quiet about it for so long, saying, quote, It left me unable to ever have a romantic life again. Yeah, I'm sure that's what this was. Anyway, Trump attorney Joe uh, Tacopina, probably mispronouncing the name, sorry Joe, uh, told the jurors in closing arguments that Carol's claims were not substantiated by the facts of the case. Quoting here, the facts and evidence made plain here that E. Jean Carroll's story is not worthy of your belief, not even close. Her story, and it's just that, a story, is not true. She was not raped at uh, Bergdorf Goodman's. She was not defamed by being called out on making up that story. However, Judge Lewis Kaplan told the jurors they could identify themselves to the public if they wanted to know that the case was over, but urged them not to. Saying, quote, My advice to you is not to identify yourselves, not now and not for a long time. If you're one who elects to speak to others and to identify yourself to others, I direct you not to identify anyone else who sat on this jury. Each of you owes that to the other, whatever you decide for yourself. Of course, Trump responded to the ruling on social media, over on Truth Social, writing in all caps, so he's screaming it, I have absolutely no idea who this woman is. This verdict is a disgrace, a continuation of the greatest witch hunt of all time. All right. Now, we know Donald knows who this woman is. We know he does. So that part is, at the very least, an exaggeration. But it's an exaggeration that a lot of the Trump train writers are happy to embrace. Guys, I don't know what happened in that department store at that time. I don't pretend to know. I do think that this is a flighty lady who was probably... You know, there's just not a nice way to say it. Uh, a flighty, 
lady who is prone to exaggeration at the very least. So it's highly likely and highly believable that Trump did not do the things she accused him of, especially given the timing that she came forward. And the fact that the civil suit is only based strictly on the fact that Donald responded to her accusations, and they referred to that response as being defamation. Like I said, some of the things he said were kind of defamatory, but I think they're justified by virtue of this lady attacking him. Anyway, that's really neither here nor there. It's done. Uh, he's either going to appeal, which it would surprise me if he doesn't, but they haven't officially announced that at the time of this broadcast. So we'll see what happens. But he'll either appeal it or just treat it as a nuisance thing and pay it off and be done with it. Either way, it's not going to derail the campaign. It's not going to hurt anything. The worst case scenario at this point, especially if he just pays it off, is other people will step forward and make similar claims. In fact, it wouldn't surprise me if somebody hasn't already done it and I just haven't come across the news article yet. It really, really sets up bad precedent, but, you know, that's just kind of where we're at these days, right? We don't seem to be able to get anywhere without there being some kind of an issue. All right, let's take a quick peek at the clock. Wow, we are already very close to the midway point for the first hour. Wow. I uh, I guess time just really does fly when you're having fun. Or, you know, when whatever you're doing happens to happen. Uh, let's go ahead and take the mid-hour break right after I bring you this message from our second sponsor of the day, our good friends over at Gold Co. Uh, they are insistent that I keep reminding you that there is, in fact, a not-so-secret secret, secret bail, Fed bailout occurring right now. It's looking an awful lot like 2008 all over again. We've got banks collapsing. We've got the Biden administration rushing to the rescue of wealthy Americans that are depositors in some of these banks, as well as people that have direct ties to the Chinese Communist Party. Meanwhile, we, my fellow Americans, uh, we're the ones who are on the hook for paying the bill. Remember, whatever dollars they send in, they're taxpayer dollars. So those of us that are paying taxes are the ones that are paying for this. Meanwhile, here we are, trying desperately to, to get our bills paid, trying to find ways to keep our gas tanks filled. And these folks, they've got the nerve, the nerve to not only bail these folks out, but to demand that we keep paying for it. The good news is, though, not that there's a whole lot of good news these days, but the good news in this particular case is you don't have to keep playing their game. You can opt out of that part of the system. You can move your cash into gold and silver or other precious metals, and you can do that right now. In fact, I recommend you do it before it's too late. 
go ahead and give our friends over at Gold Co. a call at 855-387-2932 to learn the three simple steps that you can take right now to protect your savings with gold and silver. Take action today to protect yourself and your family from financial collapse. You know, before the White House comes and takes it all away from you. Give our friends a call at 855-387-2932 right now. And you can learn how you could get up to $10,000 in bonus silver, at least while supplies last. One more time, that number is 555 Five five five. No, <laughs> uh, one more time. That number is eight five five three eight seven two nine three two. And if you are listening to the podcast, uh, there will be a link in the show description as well. Uh, do not hesitate to use that link. Man, I just not having a great go of it. Blah blah blah. Five five five. It's been a very long day, guys, and I'm sorry, uh, but uh, let's go ahead and take that mid-hour break. Uh, don't go anywhere. I will be right back, and hopefully we will uh, get things back on track. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Bible tells us that when the wicked reign, the people mourn. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, I can say that with utmost clarity of mind, soul, and spirit, that the United States, for the most part, though not all, is unfortunately ruled by those who not only tend to lean toward more leftist wicked ideologies, but are themselves the embodiment of evil and are financially and frantically seeking to literally destroy our beloved republic. They were shocked beyond belief how President Trump was able to quickly spearhead numerous positive developments, both domestically and abroad, in less than four years, with a fraction of the support he should have received from the Republican Party. Far too many rhinos were more interested in playing footsies and plotting with Democrats to undermine Trump's America First policies. They declared Trump unfit to be president because he did not agree with the Democrat and rhino agenda to make the United States of America unfit to carry on as the leading nation of the world. I believe we can and will overcome this current reign of wickedness. What say you? I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com and Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Beanstalk is designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. 
it's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key. The idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly, but the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Einstock beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akiari, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal, and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo, Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink, conquer, repeat, skull. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. Ah, look at all the lovely people. Hello, this is Stella Morabito, author of The Weaponization of Loneliness, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. All alone. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. Very glad to have you guys here, and apologies for being a little off to this point, but guess what? We're going to fix that moving forward. Uh, got to step it up. Got to turn it on. Got to get where you guys are going to be able to enjoy the show. And that doesn't happen if I'm just stumbling and standing tired or sad. It doesn't matter what kind of a day I've had. Bottom line is, I'm supposed to be bringing you information and then my opinion. That's what you tune in for. Uh, probably more about the information, more so than my opinion. Sometimes I think it's just so you can hear what a goofball I really am. But anyway, before we get back to the show, I uh, want to bring you one more message from yet our third sponsor on the day. And uh, I really like these guys. They're the newest sponsor to the show, but I really like the product. Now, as a regular listener to Tap Into The Truth, you know that the surest path to becoming a victim of tyranny is to give up your guns. And you know one of the surest ways to become a victim of crime is to not have your gun with you when you need it. And that's why I want to talk to you a little bit about one of the big mistakes that a lot of us gun owners make when it comes to our holsters. Lots of times we'll go out there and we will find a holster that we think really cool, fits the gun really right. I like the way it looks. And then when we try to wear it, it's just not very comfortable. In fact, it's usually so uncomfortable that we just stop using it. And if you're anything like me, you probably went through that cycle more than one time. I mean, I've probably got about four holsters back here that are like, I thought we're going to be great. And I really don't want to dig them out again. I've tried to hide them. Now, the problem with that is if you stop carrying your firearm, then when the situation arrives where you have to defend yourself, protect your family, uh, protect your neighbors, your friends, even protecting just your property, well, you're already at a major disadvantage because you don't have your firearm on you. So your quest to stand up and engage in your God-given and constitutionally protected rights, well, it's already failed. And that's a big reason why the, uh, the Vanish holster it's quickly becoming one of the most popular holsters in America. It is for good reason. Thousands of their customers are out there saying that they are easily, hands down, the most comfortable holster ever. And that when you get one of the Vanish holsters, you'll never stop carrying. Plus, the holster saves you money, too, because it fits roughly 99% of these semi-auto handguns out there. It works without a tactical belt. It lets you carry two fully loaded magazines. And best of all, it also lets you carry in multiple positions. So that, okay, if it's not comfortable in one position, you can change it. And then you'll find a place that it is comfortable. And the best part of all, as a result of listening to Tap Into The Truth, you can get $50 off of your Vanish holster. Just go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P to activate that $50 discount. One more time, that's www 
www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P. Do it today. Claim your $50 discount. In fact, go ahead, do a little multitasking. Uh, go over there right now, and you can have your order complete before we take our next break. Uh, that just, I don't know why you wouldn't go ahead and do that immediately. It's kind of a big deal. So do it. Go do it now. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get back to it, okay? Uh, for those of you that haven't noticed, the National Institute of Health has decided to renew a grant to EcoHealth. Now, EcoHealth Alliance, of course, is that controversial organization that bankrolled dangerous coronavirus experiments at the likely ground zero of the COVID-19 pandemic, China's state-run Wuhan Institute of Virology. Uh, yeah, that, that same EcoHealth Alliance. Those are the guys. Fauci sent them money, and now the National Institute of Health is renewing that grant. They're sending them more U.S. taxpayer dollars to do with as they will. Now, of course, this particular move comes despite protests from experts and watchdogs and lawmakers, as well as the uh, damning reports from the HHS Office of Inspector General that cast uh, the EHA in a particularly unfavorable light. That's putting it very diplomatically, by the way. Uh, the EcoHealth Alliance, still run by British zoologist Peter uh, Danzig, announced Monday of this week that it would once again be meeting with bat coronaviruses on the American taxpayer diet. So they're going to be meddling with these bat coronaviruses. Still doing gain-of-function research. It's just they changed the definition so they don't have to call it that anymore. They're going to be doing this using our money, guys. Now, according to the EHA, the objectives of the new NIH and National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease funding projects are as follows. They wish to characterize and analyze more than 300 new whole genomes and large genome segments of SARS-R-CoVs from their archive samples, you know, in order to determine the process underlying the coronavirus recombination and to identify viral strains with a high predictive risk of spillover. Uh, simpler terms, they still just want to uh, go back and see how these viruses can be recombined to create a <clears throat> gain of function. <laughs> Although, again, they'll deny that. A another one of the objectives, <clears throat> to analyze archived samples from community and clinic-based uh, syndromic surveillance of people to identify evidence of spillover access behavioral risk factors 
and pinpoint evidence of illness. And last but certainly not least, they also wish to conduct in vitro viral characterization and in silico analysis of epidemiological data to identify hotspots of further COVID spillover risk. In other words, they just want to keep doing all the same things that we're doing that most likely led to the lab leak of the now infamous COVID-19. Now, Echo Health Alliance, a.k.a. EHA, noted that the NIH grant enabling it to resume toying with the coronaviruses, they say that, quote, reflects a reversal of the previous termination and suspension of the RO1 awarded in 2019, but halted in April of 2020 due to concerns about continuing collaboratory uh, laboratory research with the Wuhan Institute. Former President Donald John Trump, a.k.a. the orange man who's bad, the kicker of puppies, the eater of babies, the climate arsonist, he'd had the grant suspended after the organization's link to gain-of-function research in Wuhan was exposed in the first place, despite the fact that it was denied. The fact that Dr. Fauci, the man who says he is the science, said it just wasn't true. According to USA Spending, the NIH and other government agencies as well have been funneling taxpayer money into the EHA since as early as 2008. According to reports from The Blaze, uh, they have detailed how EcoHealth has, in turn, used American grant money to fund dangerous gain-of-function research, executed in part by foreign entities, on coronaviruses, at the Wuhan Institute. The HHS Office of Inspector General released a report earlier this year revealing that the NIH knew about potential risk associated with the research being performed and that it had been executed using federal grant money funneled to and through EcoHealth Alliance. Despite this knowledge, it did not effectively monitor or take timely actions to address EcoHealth's compliance with some of the requirements. In other words, they didn't bother to, to do the follow-up they're supposed to do. There are rules. There are limits. Did these guys go in and check and make sure everybody was dotting the I's, crossing the T's? Well, of course not, because it's one big happy family. And they're ignoring the fact, completely ignoring the fact, that when you work with the Wuhan Institute, not only are you putting your coronavirus research and your gain-of-function research of who knows what else into a place where it's not going to be particularly well-regulated, so you can skirt any laws against it here in the United States, 
or in any of our territories, but it also has this strange added advantage of giving potential bio-weapons to the Chinese Communist Party. Now, there seems to be a major disconnect. There seems to be the fact that EcoHealth Alliance and the National Institute of Health and every other agency that's been involved with this, they just want to ignore that, or they want to pretend like they don't understand it. They want to pretend like they don't know what's happening. But at the end of the day, they are just pretending. This was a willful act. Anthony Fauci, along with every other person that worked under him during his time heading up the organization there, they all buy in heavily to the idea of gain of function. They believe that that's the solution to any potential pandemic in the future. At least, that's what they'll tell you officially. But at the end of the day, they are still just developing new biological weapons. That's what they're doing. Yeah, by controlling that, you do have your best bet at being able to come up with the solution, the countermeasure, the cure, if you will, at least a viable treatment. But at the same time, they're making combinations that would have never occurred in nature. Now, they will argue that, well, they're just trying to get ahead of what was inevitable. They want to convince you that these are things that would happen in nature eventually. Now, it may take a few centuries before it would have happened on its own, but we know it would happen. And now we're prepared today for an event that we might have to worry about three centuries from now. Except they know that's not true either. They know when they make certain gain-of-function genetic manipulations, when they resequence the the coronaviruses, they know darn well that they are creating instances that would have never occurred in nature. Now, granted, some of the things they do probably would have at some point. But a lot of what they do are things that the interaction of animals prohibit the possibility. But yeah, we're not supposed to know that. We're not supposed to recognize that. We're not supposed to point it out to the, the smartest people in the room, or so they think. We're not supposed to stand up for ourselves. We're not supposed to apply common sense. We're not supposed to question when our betters decide that they're going to start sending this money to these people again. Why are they sending the money to these people? Well, because it's just part of the deal, right? I mean, that's it. It's the same reason why we're all in in Ukraine. There are people who stand to profit. And it doesn't matter who else gets hurt in the process. It doesn't matter how many innocent people get caught in the crosshairs. It doesn't matter what terrible new diseases are unleashed into the world. All that matters is they get to continue to honor the deal. They get to continue to be profitable. And thanks largely to taxpayer funding at the front end. I don't understand how we end up at this place. But this is the place that we're at. 
It's shameful. It's ridiculous. But it's not unexpected. We see this kind of behavior over and over again as long as a Democrat is in charge. And things seem to be far worse when Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. is the guy who's supposed to be in charge because he's not capable of minding the storm. He's not physically or mentally prepared to meet the rigors required to hold the people that are supposed to be working for him accountable to his vision. He doesn't even have his own vision anymore. Everything he spouts is all platitudes and an effort to placate the far left base. Whereas the majority of the party is not that extreme. In fact, the majority of the party is ready to move on to someone other than Joe Biden because they recognize him for what he is. A placeholder. A front man. A guy who they can occasionally trot out for a couple of sentences and then they have to to reel him back in, send him somewhere else, offer him some ice cream to get him to show up. Some, and just keep spouting the talking points, Joe. That's all you have to remember. Keep spouting the false uh, information, the disinformation. Keep spouting the fake statistics that we just completely made up or that isn't completely made up but is completely taken out of context. Keep talking about the fact that you've reduced the debt when, in fact, all you've done is add to it. Now, maybe he meant he reduced the deficit. But that also is still a lie, so it doesn't matter which one he meant. It's a lie, it's a lie, it's a lie. And so here we are. What good can come of this? I mean, that should be the question. And that's a question that somebody should be answering. What is it that makes EcoHealth Alliance worthy of this grant? What is it that makes the National Institute of Health decide that Echo Health is a place that we should continue to send money to? What is the basis? What is the rationale? Is anybody asking that question, especially anybody in Congress? Because it's time for some oversight here, guys. It's time to find out exactly what it is that the National Institutes of Health deems so valuable about the work being done by Echo Health Alliance. I want to know, is, is, is Echo Health Alliance really doing good work? Can you point to what this good work is? Can you, can you make an argument? Can you stand up and actually defend this decision? I mean, you literally have watchdog outfits, you've got lawmakers, you have experts in the field taking one look at what these folks have done, largely due to their relationship with the Wuhan Institute, and they are at the very least engaging in a reckless behavior. Absolutely reckless, absolutely dangerous, 
And can we afford another outbreak? Can we afford another pandemic? Can we afford another artificial shutdown? I mean, I for one would like to see us do well. I'd like to see us do better. I'd like to see the dollar last a little longer, i.e. inflation going down. I would like to see governmental policies that are good for the economy and good for the American people. I wouldn't even mind having to say one or two good things about the Biden administration if he would just freaking do something right. We're literally about to face an invasion on the southern border. I mean, you legitimately can say we've already been under invasion for a while now, but we're about to see a huge ramping up. We continue to see banks struggle. We're going to see more collapses. We're about to see the stock market uh, drop like a rock. We have no doubt whatsoever that the debt ceiling situation, the Democrats almost need a default so they can try to hide their economic failures to this point, and still they'll have the nerve to try and blame it on the Republicans. Well, you know, they're not going to do anything but, uh, you know, try to put a gun to the heads of the American people, at least according to Janet Yellen, but we talked about that Sunday. She was out hitting the Sunday talk shows saying Republicans are trying to negotiate with a gun to the heads of the American people. It's like, no, actually, I would say Joe Biden is trying to ignore the fact that the Republicans wants to institute some semblance of the notion that there should be some fiscal responsibility, not like it goes very far. It's not a very strong bill. It's not a lot of cuts. But realistically, given the fact that the Democrats still control Senate, it's not like they could go hard. It's not like they could reinstitute actual fiscal responsibility. But it is hard for Joe Biden to tell the American people that he's on top of it. He's working hard to do it when the Republicans are passing bills uh, about the border and about the debt ceiling. And these are bills that are said to be dead on arrival at the Senate and that even if they did pass the Senate would be vetoed when he says that and he says he's not going to negotiate. Looks to me like the Republicans are trying and he's the one refusing to advance the ball. All right, let's reset the hour and, you know, we've got some more topics to get to. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. From a blue state clan Taught to praise the little man Told that unions saved the working class He was raised a red state son To love the flag and own a gun Warned about the greed within the mass They met beneath the moonlit sky A college party drunk and high And when they had degrees They said their vows couldn't say when 
Couldn't say how, couldn't say why She was different in his eyes They built careers and had a kid Tried to live like their parents did But both their parties taxed them close to death Learn to hate the public schools Watch TV making fools While trial lawyers looted what was left She, she couldn't say when She couldn't say how She couldn't say why He was different in her eyes Saw them years ago A happy little cabin in the west They homeschooled on their farm Making so much more from so much less They can say when, they can say how, and they can say why, they're different in your eyes. They're different in your eyes. They're different in your eyes. Hey y'all, this is Derek Johnson. You can find me at DerekJohnsonCountry.com and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tapping to the Truth. She's hair pulled back in a camo cap with a catfish on the line. She's an evening gown, night on the town, candlelight and wine. She's shy, she's bold, she's like a nice cold fireball whiskey shot. She's a big high five on the 50 yard line. She's a real cool kind of hot. With her long hair's blowing out, I roll down window. My old truck shines like a brand new limo. I'm the guy with the big old smile and all the selfie shots. She's like an August day when you're bailing hay and that lemonade hits the spot. She's fun and free and lets me be me. She's a real cool kind of hot. Yeah, real cool kind of hot. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are now diving headlong into hour number two of today's broadcast. Thank you so much for being here. I greatly appreciate it. Uh, Before we get into any of the upcoming remaining stories that we're going to talk about today, I want to take a moment to tell you a little bit about this uh, Four Patriots sidekick. Uh, I'm still working on running down the initial charge. I still have barely gotten down into the 80% range because I have been trying to use it the way it's recommended and trying to get a a feel for how long it actually takes and how good it holds its charge. And uh, I mentioned before, I've been kind of thinking about whether or not I want to go ahead and try to just really wear it down so I can get around to telling you about the other 
aspect, and that is using the solar panels, how easy it is to use the solar to recharge it, how long it takes to do that, and really give you those details that are important. But I'm still also thinking I don't get a second chance to see how long it holds that initial charge. And so I'm kind of sticking the course with that right now. I don't have much to report different. Uh, you know, it, we're still just barely below the 90. In fact, uh, I'm. it's right at 87% battery power right now. And I've had it for better than a month at this point. And I, like I said, I've been using it intermittently the way you would expect to use it under normal conditions. In fact, probably still a little more than what the normal conditions would be. So it's holding up great. It's freaking fantastic. It's really just a backup battery pack. That's really what it comes down to. But it's got the abilities. You can use it to charge your phone. You can operate an emergency radio if you had to. Uh, you can operate a laptop off of it. Uh, it. It can run a lot of different things, and it's really, really pretty cool. I, I'm really enjoying it to this point, using it. Just one of the many great things that you can get to help you to be prepared for whatever emergencies may come your way, thanks to the fine folks over at 4Patriots. So what I would do right now is once again remind you that you can go over to fourpatriots.com right now and literally order anything in the store that would include the sidekick it also would include the patriot power generator it would include some of their survival food kits and you know that's the great thing about anything in the store it means literally everything on the website you can get 10 percent off just by using the code tap t-a-p-p as you uh, check out 10 percent off is a pretty good deal and obviously uh, the more you purchase, the more you're going to save. That's the way percentages work. Uh, but, you know, it's really kind of cool. I'm really, really digging it. So, again, uh, that's the number four, patriots.com. Uh, use code TAP, T-A-P-P, at checkout. Get yourself 10% off literally anything in the store, including the sidekick, the survival food, or even one of the Patriot Power Generators. Just check it all out. That's that's a good thing. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay, so in case you haven't noticed, it really would appear that the White House is in full-blown panic mode, but they're trying to downplay it. They're trying to act as if they're not. Which, you know, that's politics 101, right? The more you're panicked, the less you can show it. Never let them see you sweat. That kind of idea. But they are clearly in panic mode. And a big, big tell is the fact that they are now starting to exclude certain media outlets from the pressers. In case you had not heard, it would appear that the New York Post has finally went a step too far when it comes to Joe Biden. Now, apparently, Joe Biden has never been very fond of the New York Post. Maybe, just maybe that aversion to the news outlet is due to the extensive coverage of Hunter Biden and his shady foreign business dealings. Uh, it's hard to miss that the New York Post 
were the folks to break the laptop from hell story. It is hard to ignore that uh, they've been on the forefront of trying to bring the truth about the Biden crime family's activities. Now, they've been much more diplomatic. They've actually held themselves to journalistic standards. I'm a commentator. I'm a wise guy. I get to crack wise. I, I still end up being a better journalist than most of the folks working for the mainstream legacy media because I still bring you truth. But the New York Post has really, really been relentless and trying to bring you the truth when it comes to Hunter Biden. Now, the Biden team has reportedly taken a rather questionable step to avoid, to avoid further scrutiny from the Post. Now, I don't think it's going to work. In fact, it's probably going to bring more scrutiny. But the New York Post... Uh, reported on Monday the following bit. Quoting here, the White House press office barred the New York Post from attending President Biden's only daytime public event Monday as federal prosecutors near a decision on criminally charging first son, Hunter Biden, for tax fraud and other crimes. The Post has closely covered Biden's own links to Hunter's foreign dealings and first reported in October of 2020 on files from the first son's abandoned laptop linking Joe Biden to business relationships in China and Ukraine. Now, the important part here is the fact that the White House press office did not extend the usual press credentials. They said, sorry, um, no, we're not going to let you in. Now, this exclusion from the event comes while there's this ongoing restrictions on press access implemented by Biden's press staff with no explanation provided uh, for the criteria that's being used to select reporters for large presidential events. To put it simply, the White House continues to go to great lengths to control how the press reports on this administration. Uh, this is uh, still part of the greater concerted effort that requires reporters to submit their questions in advance, uh, to submit to having their pictures taken so that Joe can get his little cheat card so he can uh, recognize a face and call on them and, and hopefully not get too tongue-tied in the effort to, to answer the questions that, of course, he has the answers to right in front of him. Still not a guarantee. Uh, this is a man who fights with the teleprompter and loses every time. So just reading a little cue card is still a challenge in these instances. But to exclude a news outlet because they have the unmitigated gall, because they have the audacity to, you know, actually ask a question, to ask a question that might not be comfortable 
to ask questions that might actually serve the purpose of informing the American people of things they might need to know. This, this gets you banned now. now not that they're criticizing the press and, and not that they're trying to interfere with the rights of the press to, you know, do the press. We're just not going to let everybody in. If you're going to ask us tough questions, we're just going to say you don't get to ask any questions. We're just not going to let you be here. Problem? Too bad. We don't really care. <laughs> All right, so the... Uh, the editor over at the Post, uh, Kelly Jane Torrance, Kelly called the move absolutely outrageous. I tend to agree. She, of course, posted that on Twitter. Now, Hunter Biden's legal team recently met with the Justice Department lawyers, signaling a potential final step before a charging decision in the long-running investigation into his activities that began all the way back in 2018. This also according to the Post's reporting. President Biden, who declined to take reporters' questions on Friday, falsely claimed he would hold a major news conference this comes as congressional Republicans issued a subpoena for an FBI file containing an allegation that he accepted bribes. The White House did not respond to inquiries regarding the post-exclusion, and the press staff has been screened, well, I'm sorry, has been screening reporters for more than two years at large indoor events, setting a troubling precedent for press access. The post-exclusion from President Biden's event follows a pattern of limited press access implemented by the White House. The Biden administration has previously cited a lack of space as an excuse to pre-screen reporters allowed into large presidential events, despite calls from journalists to end the ambiguous process. The criteria for selecting reporters remains undisclosed, and press officials have refused to provide explanations, uh, so we can't get answers? The folks that are heading up the White House press corps. They're not answering to the leaders of the White House Correspondents Association. Uh, you know, seems like there should be some communication there. I mean, maybe I'm mis misunderstanding something here. Uh, maybe, maybe there's some legitimate reason. Maybe this isn't just a blatant effort to hide from someone who's willing to actually ask a question. Maybe there's more to it. Nah. Now that's really all it is. And they really, really don't like the press. Uh, they they don't like the New York Post. And they really, really used to hate Fox News. And they don't seem to hate Fox quite as much anymore. 
they still don't like a certain young reporter by the name of Ducey very much. But other than that, they seem to be warming up to Fox quite nicely. Almost as if there's something going on over there. But, you know, again, just spitball. Now, these folks will not give an explanation to the White House Correspondents Association as to what the criteria happens to be. And this, of course, has prompted allegations that the administration is attempting to control press briefings by excluding the few reporters that might actually ask Biden tough questions. I don't think there's any doubt that that's obviously what's going on. The White House did not provide a response to the post-inquiries regarding the exclusion from the event, and the press staff has recently formalized a process to revoke press badges, further restricting journalist access. Now, this is starting to sound a lot like what the press went nuts over when a certain Jim Acosta got into it with a certain Donald Trump during a press conference just a few short years ago. An incident that led to, for a single event, Jim Acosta having his White House press credentials being revoked. Granted, they turned around and reinstated him uh, almost immediately. Uh, he, I don't think he even missed a briefing. He might have missed one. But if I remember correctly, I think he pretty much had, had it reinstated uh, before the next actual press conference. So I, it's not like that affected anything. But you heard nothing but screams of bloody murder from all of the mainstream legacy media. Trump is a threat to democracy. Well, he's not a threat to democracy. We don't have a democracy. We have a constitutionally federated republic. Just happened to embrace certain democratic values within the system, have incorporated the idea of the citizens getting to vote and have that voice count but we have a representative republic, one that's supposed to be constrained and limited by the Constitution. That's what we have, not a democracy, not two wolves and a sheep getting together to decide what to have for dinner. No, that's not what we have. So the White House didn't provide the response. They, they didn't answer the post-inquiries as to why the post was being excluded from the event. They just said, no, in fact, here's something else. We're going to put a new process in place to take away from your press badges. Now, we don't need to question how the scenario would play out if it was Donald Trump that had done the same thing. Because... As I mentioned, this whole issue with Jim Acosta happened. We don't have to ask the question. We know what happened. There's been no criticism coming from left-leaning established media outlets in regards to the Post being left out. 
The issue is that Biden knows he will likely face no real criticism coming from the press because they are in his pocket. But if the situation for his son becomes even more perilous, he might not be able to avoid the matter for very much longer. As Sister Tolja noted uh, from over at Red State in a recent piece that uh, had been written there, this latest move only further shows how little the Biden administration values transparency. They talk a good game, but they don't live up to it. They signal the virtue, don't actually have the virtue. The fact that the president would refuse to face questioning about his son's legal troubles indicates that he's not concerned about addressing the public on the matter or any other issue for that matter uh, that might cast a negative light on his presidency. He just wants to ignore it. He wants it to go away. And if anybody's going to ask him a question about it, he's not going to let him ask the question. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Being that he's seeking a second term, that he wants to be president again, he is likely trying to avoid anything that might place his campaign in jeopardy. Now, literally everything that's happening, especially everything that's likely to happen this week, is going to do that anyway. He already has some of the lowest polling numbers of anyone in their first term period. In fact, at this moment in time, it is the lowest in recorded history. He has the lowest polling numbers of anyone at this point in their president. But he's perfectly content to go out there and say that everybody, that uh, every major president, don't know how he defines what makes a major president, but every major president that ever got reelected had numbers like these. No, they didn't. In fact, the only the only former presidents that had numbers that are in the ballpark of where Joe Biden's numbers are right now, none of them got reelected for whatever reason. None of them. You can say shenanigans played a role in some of those cases. You can certainly point to other instances like, let's say, Jimmy Carter, for example, and just say that he wasn't quite ready for prime time when it came to the international side of what a president is expected to do, and that cost him. But regardless of how you define the reason that they were not reelected, the fact of the matter is that the only presidents who had numbers in this ballpark, never as low as Biden's currently, but in the ballpark, none of them, none of them were reelected. But Joe Biden's going to tell you a different story because Joe Biden's not about lying to you. And this is one of those instances where he does know he's lying. He may very well have somebody in his administration trying to convince him that something else is the fact. He may have somebody telling him, just say this. Was well, this true? Sure it is. And he wants to believe them. But truthfully, 
it's hard to imagine any scenario where he doesn't know that that is a lie. The truth is, regardless of anything else you want to say here, Hunter Biden's ongoing legal issues do have the potential not only to impact Joe Biden's campaign, but it could completely derail it, especially if these recent allegations about him just accepting bribes turns out to be true. Because as we already know, there is strong evidence suggesting that Joe Biden was getting 10% of whatever Hunter was getting. There's strong evidence that's supposed to be unveiled for us on Wednesday, coming from the House Investigative Committee that's looking into this particular situation. Uh, in fact, over the weekend, we had Republican leadership demanding the Department of Justice not indict Hunter before Wednesday, because Wednesday is when they're supposed to lay out their big case, and evidently, there's strong evidence that Joe Biden is implicated in a lot of this stuff. Hunter Biden's activities and any legal implications involved to those activities can create negative public this negative uh, public perception. I don't think he needs very much negative public perception to bury his hopes of being reelected. However, Democrats will ride a pony uh, as far as they can. And Republicans really need to get a quality candidate put head-to-head -head in this scenario in order to take full advantage of it. Most recent polling suggests now, for the first time, that even Donald Trump, and I say that because polls have never put Trump ahead of Biden. Never. All the polls. Now, I, I don't put very much stock into these polls as well as we all understand why. You probably shouldn't. But it is a big deal that Donald Trump has never had a polling lead over Joe Biden in any of the major national polls. Now, some of the smaller polls that are directed specifically at conservatives, yes, undoubtedly he's had advantages. But we're talking about a seven-point win for Trump right now, and it's Still pretty close to a seven-point win for DeSantis in head-to-head -head against Biden. Uh, these polls, they mean what they mean. And at this point, that's not much. We can't get overexcited about that kind of thing. We have to, to, to maintain our objectivity, and we have to stay focused. There's work to be done. But if Hunter Biden is charged with crimes like tax fraud and... He's got some gun charges that he probably should be facing. It's going to further fuel criticism. And it's also going to further push allegations of corruption within the Biden family. You're going to see the mainstream legacy media forced to report it.
They're not going to want to, but they're going to have to. And part of the reason why they're going to have to is because they're going to have to get fully on board with replacing Biden on the ticket. He can't be allowed to be the candidate if it becomes painfully obvious to the entirety of the American people exactly how criminal this family is. Exactly how Joe Biden has enriched himself and his family by peddling the influence he's had by virtue of being a long-serving senator, then the vice president of the United States, and now supposedly the president of the United States. Now, opponents may very well seize on the issue in an effort to undermine Joe Biden's credibility to betray his presidency as tainted. The public's perception of this president's handling of his son's legal situation and any potential involvement could impact their trust in his leadership. Now understand, when I say this, I'm talking about the leftists. I'm talking about the people that currently are defending Joe Biden. I'm talking about the people that actually did vote for Joe Biden. The people that honestly believe that Joe Biden, even in his quasi only slightly higher than vegetative state, is so much better than that guy we had before. You know, those people. Those people are going to have to question what's going on. They're going to have to question his leadership. Joe Biden's America last agenda is destroying the country. Everything he does turns to crap. Everything. There's no doubt. He clearly, clearly falls short in every metric that matters. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. never had any business ever becoming President of the United States. And now we see an occasion where even the most left of the left-wing mainstream legacy media is going to be unable to provide cover any further. Let's see what happens. Tomorrow based on the time of the live broadcast. Tomorrow's Wednesday. Tomorrow we're supposed to get this case unfurled. We'll see what happens. We'll see what gets said. We'll see what gets done. I, for one, know what I'm hoping for, but I also know I have no realistic expectations that these things happen as they should. Part of the reason why is because Democrats continue to buy votes. They continue to shore up support from the usual suspects by virtue of taking U.S. taxpayer dollars and putting it in places they should not be. A really good example of that is the not-so-secret secret Fed bailout that's happening right now. It's looking an awful lot like 2008 all over again, only far, far worse. We see banks collapsing. We see executives taking huge bonuses. And the White House is running to their rescue while regular people like you and me are struggling. We're having a hard time paying 
our bills. We can't fill up our gas tanks. And the Biden administration has the nerve to bail out the wealthiest of wealthy Americans and people with direct ties to the Chinese Communist Party. They do that again. And guess who's paying for it? Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, you and me. We're the ones. We get stuck with that bill. Government doesn't have any money of its own. It takes it from us. But the good news here, at least some good news here, is you don't have to play their particular game anymore. You can opt out of at least that part of the system by moving your cash into gold and silver now before it's too late. Call Gold Co. right now. Give a call at 855-387-2932 to learn the three simple steps that you can take right now to protect your savings with gold and silver and other precious metals as well. Take action today. Protect yourself and your family from financial collapse. Call 855-387-2932 right now and learn how you could get up to $10,000 in bonus silver while supplies last. One more time, give our friends at Gold Co. a call. That number is 855-387-2932. Call them today. You, you really should. You'll be sorry if you don't. All right, let's uh, take the mid-hour break, and when we get back, we'll be going down the home stretch. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. This is Matt Fitzgibbons from PatriotMusic.com, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. One has to wonder who in Hades do Department of Justice officials think they are. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. The last time I checked, very recently, according to the United States Constitution, it is Congress's responsibility to make laws, pass them, then it's up to the president to either sign his approval or veto the bill. On the other hand, the Department of Justice is designated to be part of the government apparatus that goes and investigates criminal activity, not make up new dictatorial mandates. The CDC also does not have the constitutional authority to bully we the people into wearing face diapers, whether they think we should or not. Unfortunately, we the people have allowed almost all government departments and politicians to no longer operate within the boundaries of proper constitutional constraints. As a result, both government departments and, like the DOJ and CDC, and leftist politicians, both Democrats and Republicans wrongfully use face diapers, scamdemics, and whatever to try and demolish our God-given unalienable rights and exceptional nation way of life. To that, I say no way, Jose. What say you? I'm Ron Edwards. 
Join me weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 Pacific. To find out where, go to theronetwitch.com. Bye now. Second Skull. Breakthrough. Revolutionary. Game-changing protection for athletes. Second Skull is an advanced line of protective headgear designed to mitigate the effects of sudden impacts. These impacts are driven by two types of energies. A linear impact occurs when the head sustains a direct hit and then comes to an abrupt stop. Helmets provide protection and reduce the transfer of energy to the head. Here, our protective skull cap provides additional impact protection through its impact absorption technology. A rotational impact occurs when the head is impacted at an angle before coming to a quick stop. Here, our product reduces the amount of energy transferred to the head. Helmets provide protection to dissipate some of the rotational forces. The second skull cap provides additional rotational energy benefits by redirecting impact energy. Second skull provides an independent layer between the head and the helmet. The result is an improved rotational benefit value caused by the slip in our protective skull cap. The slip is further enhanced by the fact that each second skull cap has a floating protective material layer nested between two fabric layers. The layers are comprised of a low friction fabric moisture wicking layer and an independent impact absorbing layer. Our second skull cap provides game changing protection against both linear and rotational forces. The result is two great protective benefits that improve most helmets. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning Homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. In just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. We're also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, and we hope to see you soon. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. This is Gordon Knight with Deep Seek Diaries. You're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth.
Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with me through that very brief break. Of course, that was Gordon Knight. Uh, if you haven't picked up a copy of the Deep Six Diaries, you really need to, if you can still find it available anywhere. I have never before had to talk to somebody who was literally a political refugee from Canada and was so because... <sighs> Because the Canadian government decided to get into the same business as the Knight family business. And then they didn't like having the competition because the Knights were much, much better at it. They wrote electrical handbooks, uh, given explanations and detailed explainers of how to stay legal as you did your own wiring. It, it's just a crazy story. And because Gordon didn't just give up, give way, or let the uh, bureaucrats win, they came after him to the point that they wanted to try and charge him as a money launderer. They continued to try to harass his efforts to sell his book, The Deep Six Diaries, uh, to the point that it's been bumped off of Amazon at least two times now. And uh, they continue to try and keep credit card press uh, processors from working with him so that he can take orders for the book directly from the website. They've been really, the Canadian government has been telling Americans what they can and can't buy in this case. You cannot buy a copy of the Deep Sex Diaries because it actually tells the truth about what they're doing in Canada to their citizens. And Gordon Knight is far from the only person that's in this situation, but he's an honest-to-goodness political refugee in the United States seeking asylum from Canada. That's crazy stuff. Yet, not the craziest thing we're going to talk about. Uh, not the craziest thing we're going to talk about today. Uh, very well, we've already talked about some other crazy stuff, but here's something else. You know, on uh, Sunday's broadcast, we talked about the whole reparations thing that uh, looks like California's going headlong into. Well, California did something else uh, in that in-between time. And I think we need to talk about it just a little bit. See, California's launched a new hotline for state residents to call in in order to report <clears throat> hate acts. Yes, yes. Actions of hate. <sighs> Evidently, this past Thursday, Governor Gavin Newsom and the California Civil Rights Department announced the launch of California versus hate. Now, through this particular hotline, Californians will be able to snitch on their neighbors for committing hate acts, which... The service explicitly states, do not always include violence, which is why we're not talking about hate crimes. We're just talking about, you know, microaggressions and little things like that. Okay, so the website says specifically that a hate incident is a hostile expression or action that may be motivated by bias against another person's actual or perceived identity. Uh-oh, identity politics? I say it ain't so. 
perpetrators may be motivated by different discriminatory biases, including, but not limited to, bias based on race, color, disability, religion, national origin, sexual orientation, or gender, including gender identity. Some examples of hate incidents, according to the website, of course, are refusing service, derogatory name-calling, and bullying. Okay, so let me get this straight. You literally want somebody to call a hotline if somebody calls you a name? I mean, I know we've been removed for a while from the old adage of sticks and stones, but do we really have to have a hotline set up so we can report when my grandma just called me a boy when I clearly identify as a female? Is that really what we're up to now? Well, in California it is. I mean, the Democrats in California have they've completely lost their I mean, it's pretty obvious they had lost their minds before, but at this point, I don't know that there's enough evidence left that they ever actually had minds in the first place. That's how far gone this is. Name-calling. Anyway, the new hotline, as Governor Gavin Newsom explained, is, quote, an unequivocal message that hate will not be tolerated in California. It seems to me like you're just trying to mimic what's going on in Canada. Anyway, quoting again, We stand firm for a California for all. You know, except for the folks that might actually commit acts of hate. Anyway, uh, we stand firm for a California for all. And it is important that we hold perpetrators accountable for their actions and provide resources for those individuals victimized by hate crimes. Except, I don't think name-calling's a crime. I know you guys would like for it to be. Except, of course, if it's a lefty calling a conservative a name. In, in that case, it's perfectly okay. Anyway, Gavin continued in his little statement, Now, Californians have another tool to ensure that not only justice is served, but that individuals have access to additional resources to help deal with the lingering wounds that remain after such a horrendous crime occurs. A horrendous crime? Dude, seriously, you just said... Name-calling is one of the actions that you're concerned about. Name-calling is not a horrendous crime. It's not very nice. We probably shouldn't do it. But it's not a crime. Nor should it be. Stop trying to make it one. Now, reports made to the hotline... They will not be shared with law enforcement unless the person making the report requests it. The hotline, however, will share information with law enforcement if needed. Translation, if somebody's calling to whine about having been called a name, 
that's probably not going to have the cops knocking on anybody's door. Again, because it's not against the law. It's not a crime. It's rude. It's impolite. It's not very nice. But not a crime. Don't know how many times I have to say that. But if it's needed, they absolutely will call law enforcement. The hotline service will also identify civil legal options that don't involve the criminal legal system, both through the Civil Rights Department and other agencies, meaning that it's a lot easier for us to use the civil laws to punish people anyway. And so that's what we're going to do. Just ask Donald Trump, who just lost his deprimation lawsuit. Now, interestingly enough, the definition of a hate crime under the California Penal Code is much stricter than the broad definition that the hotline provides, meaning that, again, even in California, they recognize that a crime must actually be a crime. To be guilty of a hate crime in California, prosecutors must prove the accused acted willfully, used force, interfered with the person's free exercise of their constitutional rights, and did so because of actual or perceived characteristics, including sex, nationality, disability, religion, race, ethnicity, etc., etc., so on and so on. And they also had to prove that the individual intended to interfere with the other person's rights. So-called hate acts, like name-calling, well, they're definitely not included, nor should they be. And the fact that we're even at this point proves that the folks in California are still so busy signaling their virtue that they probably couldn't even discover any actual virtue if they were to trip over it. This is absurdity. They're spending taxpayer dollars to make this happen. Taxpayer dollars that they're not going to have very much of if they move forward with the reparations plan. Taxpayer dollars that they really can't afford to to, to waste anyway. It doesn't stop them. It's about all that governments do, regardless of who's running it, but especially if it's an awful lot of folks with a D at the end of their name. Wasting dollars is really the only thing they do. It's almost like breathing to these folks. Now, when it comes to actual crime, you should be prepared for it. When it comes to actual crime, you need to be ready for the worst. Because as you know, as a listener to this show, the surest path to becoming a victim of tyranny is to give up your guns. And one of the surest ways to become a victim of crime is to not have one when you need it. That's why I do need to mention once again, uh, courtesy of our friends at Vanish Holsters, one of the big mistakes that a lot of gun owners like me, uh, tends to make when it comes to picking holsters. We get one that's so uncomfortable, we stop using it. So in that quest to, you know, do the most basic of uh, constitutionally protected rights, defend ourselves, defend our family, defend our friends, our neighbors, 
defend our property. Well, we've already failed because we don't have our firearm. Of course, this whole notion of uncomfortable holsters is one of the reasons why Vanish holsters is quickly becoming one of the most popular holsters in America. Thousands of customers say it's the most comfortable holster ever. And a lot of those same thousands of customers are also saying that once you get a Vanish holster, you'll never stop carrying. And the really cool aspect here is that the Vanish holsters save you a ton of money because it's literally designed to fit about 99% of all semi-auto handguns. It works without a tactical belt. You get to carry two fully loaded magazines as well as the gun. And you can carry in multiple positions, hence the most comfortable holster ever. Best part of the whole nine yards here is that as a listener of Tap Into The Truth, you can get $50 off your purchase of a Vanish holster. Just go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P to activate that $50 discount. One more time. Go to www.v as in Victor, n as in Nash, s as in Steve, h as in hospital, dot com, backslash T-A-P-P today to claim your $50 discount. Go ahead, do it now. You can have your order completed before the end of this broadcast, which is coming up fairly quickly. And that's why, with just a few moments left, wanted to touch on one more story. It's not that big of a deal, but it does show you how desperate Democrats are, especially in the state of Florida. You see, Florida Democrats right now are hoping for some magic in Florida's 2024 Senate race. And hoping that basketball greats can put the heat on Republican Rick Scott. Okay, Play on words there because of who's involved here and the names of certain NBA basketball teams. See, party donors right now and certain operatives are trying to, trying to recruit NBA legends Grant Hill and Dwayne Wade to run against Scott in 2024, at least according to a report from NBC News. Hill, who starred for the Orlando Magic back in the 2000s, and Wade spent nearly all of his playing career with the Miami Heat, including three championship runs with the team. Wade left the state after he retired, but claimed back in April that his family wouldn't feel welcome in his former home state due to increasingly anti-LGBTQ policies because they've transitioned his son. He's butchered and mutilated his boy. Now, Grant Hill has great name ID. He could raise a boatload of money and is one of the smartest guys you'll ever meet. At least according to attorney John Morgan, who was talking to NBC News. Uh, Morgan is, of course, a national Democratic donor and a business partner of Hill's who has reportedly talked directly with him about a potential run. He seems to think that Grant would actually beat the crap out of Rick Scott. Uh, I think you might overestimate his chances, but it would be an interesting run. Morgan also uh, brought up the prospect of two other Democratic activists, uh, saying that he's not sure that it's his time, but it would be great 
He's competitive. I think he sees LeBron James as a billionaire and Magic Johnson almost a billionaire. And he gets his competitive juices flowing. I'm not sure he's done with business. Hence the reason he doesn't necessarily think he can get there. Now, I want to keep going back to, to Dwayne Wade. I think Grant Hill actually would be a good choice for the Democrats. I just would prefer that he not get involved. But when it comes to Dwayne Wade, he has since made statements that not only would he not feel welcome in his home state of Florida anymore, but then later, and without being fact-checked, he said that it's these new policies are the reason why he left Florida, except that he left Florida well before Ron DeSantis became governor. So none of these policies that he's pointing out has anything to do with the reasons why he left. If he was to move back and uh, reestablish residency and make a run, I think Dwayne is probably delusional enough to make that run. I actually think Grant Hill would be much more realistic a, a chance of of winning. I don't think Dwayne Wade gets that W in that situation. But regardless, the fact that they seem to think that they can cash in on NBA stars really tells you where they're at in the Democratic Party in the state of Florida right now. I'd say keep grasping for straws. Uh, with Ron DeSantis in charge down there, the state of Florida just continues to get more and more red. Uh, good luck, Democrats. Good luck. You're going to need it. And by the way, I don't really mean it. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, you do not deserve to win, and I hope that you don't. All right, that's going to have to be it for uh, tonight. Thank you so very much for uh, being here to the end. As always, I appreciate it all the way through. And remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain. At least, if you really want to tap into the truth. I'm out. This is Tim Tapp. Let's go, Brandon.
is using both hands. Evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. 